0: This is On the Block with Stricken Bach. Nebraska Basketball Hall of Famer and nine year NBA vet, Eric Strickland. Strickland for three! And you're going to go out of here as the Big Eight tournament champion. 93 7 the ticket veteran and Bill Callahan fan club president, Jake Bakoven. I love Billy. list. Coming at you live from the Copple Chevrolet GMC studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. On air and online at theticketfm.com. Sponsored by the Mercado by Certified Piedmontese. This is on the block with Stricken Buck. Hold up. <laughs>
1: This is On the Block here on 93.7 The Ticket. I'm Jake Falkov, and he is Eric Strickland. And we give this uh, show to you every day of the week, except for the weekend. We'd like to take some time off, but we usually don't even take that time off. We go and uh, cover Husker basketball. Uh, Husker basketball on the men's side has not been too good as of late, but we're going to celebrate the women's big victory last night, a 72-55 to 55 victory over number 5 Indiana as the Huskers get their second big top 10 victory. Victory of the year. They also beat number eight Michigan at one point in the year, 79 uh, to 58. So they're not just beating top 10 teams, they're destroying them. Uh, Strike, how's it going today? I did also want to, to, to let you know this as, as far as so you don't have to feel bad for us. It's supposed to be 65 degrees here in February in Lincoln, Nebraska. So we, we're feeling pretty good.
0: And you should be because you're equal to what I'm doing out here in Florida right now. So you should be excited (laughs) about that. There's no question. Um, Truly, truly, what a wonderful and remarkable thing to watch the women get it done uh, to take care of home, to be scrappy, to hustle and, 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 and provide the type of showing that is, is, is deserving for the Husker crowd and I'm, I'm I, I hope it was full. I, I'm pretty sure they showed up and showed out for the ladies, and gave them everything they needed in order to uh, you know put in that work. The one thing I will say that I love about it, Bachman, is I love the balance. That means that they're playing together. They're playing as as units. Uh, you're not seeing just these over domineering. Even though they have those type of players. Uh, on their team, um, you know. Then you're seeing just wonderful stories like uh, Big Ten Freshman of the Year candidate, you know, Alexis Markowski. Uh, obviously, we had her father on as well. You know, making contributions, ten points and fifteen rebounds. And then you're seeing the the, the regulars, you know, Hybe and and Shelly doing what they do, leading the team and and making it happen there. And and you know, just putting together just a wonderful run. Just got to be so proud of Amy Williams and and what they're doing there um, uh, for the university and, uh, you know, snapping um, a a, a number five team in the country's uh, uh, who thought they would probably come in there and get a win, and they 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 had something different to say about it.
1: Yeah, and for what it's worth, we already mentioned the victory over Michigan, Indiana, and Michigan. Uh, even with that loss, still sitting on top of the the standings, Indiana still in first place at ten and two. So that uh, will reflect well on Nebraska. Now eight and six in the conference, uh, that is good for sixth right now uh, as they continue to to try to to, to finish this season off. Um, you mentioned it there. I mean, it was just kind of a Combined effort: Jazz Shelby, Sam Hybe both led the way with fourteen points for the Huskers. Markowski ten points, fifteen rebounds. Uh, always a beast on the boards there. Ten points for Izzy Born. Uh, you know, so it's just a, a very good uh, group effort as well as you know eighteen points off the bench. So uh, it was is is fun to watch Nebraska get the big win seventy two fifty five over Indiana. And maybe what's more exciting. Um, was the fact that kind of Nebraska had to know that that was their last big chance, at least before Big Ten tournament play, to get that monumental victory. You want to, you yeah. want to go out there and prove that that Michigan game was not a fluke, that it wasn't Michigan overlooking you or anything like that. And they absolutely did that last night. Uh, now they have at Penn State, against Minnesota, at Wisconsin, and against Northwestern to finish out the schedule. They've already beaten the first three teams that I mentioned there. Northwestern will be the first time they match up with them, but um, Northwestern obviously isn't the beast uh, that Indiana and Michigan have been in the past. Uh, so uh, Nebraska basketball hopefully can finish out on a six-game winning streak or at least, you know, win three of those four down the stretch. Uh, and uh, they're obviously squarely in looking like they're going to be in the NCAA tournament this year for the first time in Amy Williams' tenure. And I'm sure everybody, whether it's looking into the second round or whoever is the matchup in the first round, is going to take Nebraska quite seriously if they can knock off top ten teams. Um, they're, they're the team that you don't want to see in the tournament, so to speak.
0: Yeah, there's no question. You know, getting those those uh, top tier those um uh, first quad victories are are huge when you're looking for tournament entrance into the uh, NCAA tournament obviously they want to show well in the Big 10 uh, tournament as well uh, have a good run there just to make it and solidify it but one of the things that I find very interesting was I look into uh, the women's team and I have looked into them a little bit I love what they're doing but 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 here's the contrast that we see right you know not only winning these two They have uh, uh, 11, 12 wins over top 10 opponents in program history that's that's phenomenal i think that's just that's and that's going back to 2004 i think that's mm-hmm. that's what we're hoping and we're wishing and we thought we would hopefully be able to see out of the men's team but the women's team are, are actually providing um just just like going into a movie and sitting down at like a studio movie grill or something and just having a meal and watching a good show the ladies are providing that right there right now uh, on top of it on par with what the um you know, the other programs and the successes that they've had, especially in volleyball, you know, they're providing the campus, the campus flavor right now. And so it's good to see them do it and do it well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. A uh, great job for Nebraska basketball, uh, women's basketball, getting the win head to the, uh, Sartre Heyman text line. And it's good to see somebody mention a uh, season ticket holder in a, in a good light. you know, obviously, obviously going to Nebraska men's basketball program. I've heard a lot of uh, people complaining and saying that they might not <laughs> repurchase them next year, but Sandman says, Hey, Bach, my wife and I were at the game last night. That place was rocking more than once. We bought season tickets for the first time this year. And let me tell you, it was money well spent. So that's very cool to hear Sandman, uh, Thanks for, for sending that in as well. Um, as we as we kind of shift the conversation here in a second, I, I want to get to kind of a bigger uh, picture discussion for women's basketball um, overall. Um, but before we get there, and, and we, we've pretty much avoided putting it down on the rundown here is to mention men's basketball, but we kind of had an interesting spirited discussion uh, on the previous show about it. So I did want to get uh, your, your feelings there. Um, some people still kind of wary of that buyout. Do you think that it, it, it's kind of to the point um, – kind of like what Sip was saying the other day, that it might be uh, more damaging to the program to to, <laughs> to keep Hoiberg around with the lack of interest that, that's falling there. Um, do you think that they're... That they're playing for that at the end. Do we, do, we, do we think that Hoiberg is probably clearly on the hot seat despite despite that um, and, and maybe playing for his job down the stretch? Or do you think that, that pretty much this season is what it is and there's not much left to, to, to show for it? And uh, regardless of that, they'll probably make their decision based on uh, mostly the results that they've seen already. I, I,
0: being, being a believer, all right? Um, I always believe that there's there's forgiveness. There's ways to salvage. There's ways to uh, take a different perspective, to have a different view, um, and and those things are okay. I, I think there are there are ways to be able to potentially salvage something i i don't want to say that anything or anyone is totally lost right i, I don't want to say a kid i mean i at one point i i did some some subbing and and when i was in texas and and uh, worked for with some special needs kids, right? Mm-hmm. And and a lot of the, a lot of the times they're put in a specific place and they're written off and they're, you know, just kind of just thrown to the side. But there's still a belief in that room that those kids can still make something of themselves, and we we were there to just kind of provide. Just that element of love and and grace and, and and just pouring into them a little bit, right? So I still think there is a way to make it look or to taste better than it does right if you if you eat a meal and it and it and it's it's unsavory to the taste it's it just ugh, you know there's ways to change that you can go in and put some spice on it you can put some hot sauce on it you can put you know just a little something just to tang it up a little bit it looks seems like it's really bland right now so there's still some things that you can do to remedy the nasty taste that's in your mouth, right? And so that's the way I kind of look at it. I'm not looking at it, it's it's an, it's a salvageable, like to the to the point where you're looking at next year like, yeah, yeah. this is it. But it's to a point to where you can say, hmm, you know, it's just kind of make you say, okay, there, there's, there's something there. And uh, so that's kind of, I think that's that's my perspective in looking at it from that angle.
1: Yeah, and I, I, I like that perspective because I think it, it it holds truth. I mean, if they win three out of the last six games, that has to change your mind on, on where they are. Like you said, maybe it's it's not to the point of, of completely believing in the program heading the right direction, but I'll tell you what, four and 16 in conference play, that's nobody's goal, but it's a heck of a lot better than one of 19 and just kind of flopping near the end and and barely getting anything done. Uh, And in basketball, you know, kind of the beauty of the sport is – You could not win a game, uh, but come conference tournament play, you're you're playing with your season on the line. You can continue um, to make a run. I don't think that you know a lot of people um, believe that Nebraska basketball can get it done in in that style of play, but hopefully they do in the locker room. I mean, hopefully they do think that they can uh, extend their season um, beyond the Big Ten tournament. So uh, you know, there's. I mean, that
0: happened my senior season, Bach. I mean, in my senior season. It, it looked like it was going to be just, a, uh, you know, senior season. We end up with twenty one with 20 wins. <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? I mean, we go on and we make a run and win, you know, six or so. Um, we lost a tough big, uh, big uh, eight tournament game. We played our butts off. I think we lost to Iowa State or, or it was either Iowa State or Kansas State. But we played our tails off. We just came up a little short in that game, but went on to the NIT and then ended up with 20 wins. So, I mean... You know, it was salvaged. It, it looked yeah. like we turned what was a, uh into a oh. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it and it did make a difference. So that's that's you know that's why I I personally don't don't look at it that I say same thing when I was with Dallas I mean the first half of the season was atrocious it was terrible then we switch coaches get Don Nelson in and then we end up with the with the tie for the best record in the second half of the Western Conference with the Lakers who were the champions you know what I mean so it's 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 just one of those things that can happen
1: yeah, and, and hopefully Nebraska basketball can get it done. If not, um, you know, it, it, it's again. I don't know how much we're going to talk about them until uh, Friday. We might, <laughs> we might have to just because it's so interesting. Um, but I, I've noticed it, it's it, it's also somewhat uh, kind of depressing at some point, So you know, hopefully they can get back on the winning side of things, so it doesn't have to be so much um, you you know toxicity around the, the topic, so to speak. Uh, let's get back into into women's basketball. I, it's just kind of something um, that's dawned on me. Of course, the the UConn women um, have one of the best dynasties in, in all of sports, um, but you have to wonder if it's it's coming to an end now they 're still making final fours, so they're they're far from out of the picture. I think they're still in the top ten as we speak right now, but this is a, a far cry from the Yukon team that was winning title after title after title um, and it's been a few years for him. Actually, 2016 yeah. is the last time UConn, uh, went undefeated in 2016 and won a title since then, South Carolina, Notre Dame, Baylor, and Stanford have all won, uh, each respectively, uh, the previous four, uh, title tournament titles. So, I mean, and the, the other thing is, you know, again, they are getting to the final four. UConn is always, you know, they're, they're kind of, you know, until last year, I suppose, somewhat like Duke basketball on the men's side, um, where it, it, it they just have an aura about them and, beating them always means something and it certainly still does too um, but you have to wonder if that if that dynasty is, is somewhat winding down and then I, I just thought it was interesting kind of to compare to other dynasties uh, throughout sports because it has to be one of the best ones um, of all time and uh, yeah
0: 10 championships in 18 years that's, yeah. that's I don't care what, what, how you look at that that's phenomenal
1: yeah and, and most of the time it's like it's like Saban too every time they're not going to the winning the championship they're in the final four so they're competing regardless Um, It's got a little bit of competition even in women's basketball. Pat Summit was uh, around. Yeah, Summit in Tennessee. Yeah, before Mm -hmm. Ariyama there. They won 6 out of 12 at one point um, between 1986 and 1998 and even two titles after that. I think 2006, 2007 a few titles there as well. So It's got even some competition within the sport, but when I I think about the all-time dynasties uh, there's two that come up and I already mentioned Nick Saban for a present dynasty. Amazing uh, what he was able to do, but as far as just running off a bunch in a row, you always have to go, in my mind, back to John Wooden uh, at UCLA, who won 10 out of 12. Uh, Remember the tournament only had like 25 teams in it, so it was a little Mm -hmm. bit different of a tournament setup, but still doesn't matter. You end end the day uh, hoisting up the trophy, John Wooden every time. And then the Celtics from the 50s uh, up to about 1970, they won 11 out of 13. uh, Two of those with Bill Russell as a player coach, so times have certainly changed uh, since then, but... uh, uh, I mean, are there any other dynasties that come to mind for you um, when you think of UConn women's basketball? Just to kind of, you know, put it in that in that same conversation.
0: Well, I, I think uh, uh, Big Sky will be happy for for this particular one. I mean, I remember as a kid, I was living in Montana uh, back in those days, and so hockey was one of the things that was pretty pretty relevant and always on the TVs. You know, we had the little push the push. Uh, boxes where you push the number and the TV would come up. It wasn't it wasn't cable like it is yeah. today, but it would, <laughs> you push the little number. We are blessed to have that. But you know, I think you'd have to look at the uh, Edmonton Oilers, man. I mean, Bach. I mean, Big Sky would be happy to hear something like that. You got to look at the Edmonton Oilers and what they did, the dynasties, and having the gold Wayne Gretzky and and all that he was able to do, putting up uh, five Stanley Cups in seven years. That's a phenomenal run in itself. Obviously, uh, that was prior some of that was prior to expansion so in a similar light you you know you had them and that dominance there and then uh, i i think you you'd probably have to look at um you know what you know the run of the of the 90s for the huskers uh was a great run we'll talk a little bit more about that i think uh, one of those teams in 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 the upcoming segment um i think you you have to look at you know, definitely those, um, you got to look at the Patriots. I mean, you, you got, I mean, hate them or love them. You got to look at what they were able to put together in that run of almost 10 years, uh, there. So there's, there's definitely quite a few of them out there that, I mean, you got the, the, uh, Islanders also, which basically put Staten Island on the map with their runs, uh, as well. So, yeah, man, there's there's some there's some good ones out there and um there's some positive uh dynasty, some shorter than others and some uh as we talked about with the, the UCLA Bruins and, and the Boston Celtics had a
1: long standing yeah. run at it. Yeah, you know. it, it's tough to compare to those, but I mean, you even think of kind of the Patriots remind me because they're always in the picture, um, and they would they never like won like three years in a row or, or anything like that. So you know that that kind of
0: so no, you got to look at the Bulls. I yeah. mean, you talk about yeah, absolutely. I mean, think about the run the Bulls had in the in the, in the '90s. I mean, they could have actually if Jordan doesn't leave, that could have been extended possibly. You just never know. You never know what that situation would have looked like. But three and then three yeah. after a year hiatus. I mean, shoot, that's a great run in the '90s that they also had. As well, I, I will say you know, this: the Lakers. It, you look at the yeah. Lakers and, and their different runs as well. But definitely the the, the Bulls. You
1: know, there's a, a small asterisk there because people do say uh, a lot of people say six out of eight, right, for the Bulls. And, and if Michael had played those other two years, he did play in the playoffs one of those years, and then Houston still won. So I, I do. I mm-hmm. always want to mention that, but it, it wasn't. It, that was like forty-five, Jordan. That wasn't twenty-three, Jordan. I mean, he was coming back uh, and not fully in the full swing of things. But uh, regardless, either. Yeah, I don't care what it is, six of eight. Uh, with uh, with you know the, with the best mm-hmm. players of all time. Uh, certainly deserves to be in the conversation. Somebody at the text line points out Penn State Volleyball. Uh, that's a great example, too. After John Cook won his championship in 2006, Penn State rolled off four straight and six of eight from 2007 to 2014. Uh, and then the next year, Nebraska won uh, in 2015 and then again in 2017. So it's been kind of interesting there. Uh, Stanford also probably deserves to be in that conversation, at least as of late. Three out Four from 2016 to 2019. So volleyball's kind of had theirs. Uh, I wanted to mention the Spurs uh, under Greg Popovich. Uh, certainly they were in the conversation for a long time. Um, and uh and and, and th- that was the thing i mean they were either they were either in the western conference finals or they were in the finals or they were winning it all yeah. uh, they were just the you know just ultra competitive uh for that long so a lot a of, lot of fun discussion there as you kind of think back uh, of the great dynasties I, I i still am just amazed that nick saban i remember because you, you mentioned that you know the 90s huskers um and there were other teams that kind of had those type of runs um where you know you had like three to four year four to five year dynasties or whatever i, I was i i just I, I, there was a question like in the early 2000s as you know the Bobby Bowdens and the Joe Paternos and the Tom Osbournes, uh were kind of fading away was you know are we ever going to see that type of dynasty again uh, and Nick Saban's just went above and beyond that to a level that we would never thought we would see before you know we'd never seen before and haven't seen since so it's just kind of amazing um, what he's been able to do I know Bud Wilkinson's Oklahoma team and through Miles all the transitions
0: him. too oh yeah I mean for him to do it through all the transitions of of all the different rule changes and all that, different things like that that happen, Yeah, Nick Saban definitely, you know, he's made, he makes the adjustments and still puts it in. All the coaching turnovers, I mean, coaches that are going on and, and getting great jobs after leaving his program. And then you still have, you still have the system, the culture, it is built. And when they come in too, they, Get in where they fit in, or get out. You know that's 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 the one thing about Nick Saban's system too.
1: And while we're uh, focused on college football, let's zero in on it because Paul Feinbaum said today the '95 Huskers was the best team he ever had seen. Kind of a surprise. Uh, You you know, I I thought that he'd pick about 25 SEC teams, not that it's '95 Huskers, just that Paul Feinbaum said it. Uh, So we'll uh, we'll get into that discussion. Uh, I know you guys like to have it. Is the '95 Huskers the greatest football team of all time? We'll talk about that next here on the block.